You're listening to Positively Anti-Inflammatory, the show for people just like you who want to keep inflammation down and your spirits up. I'm your host, Alyssa Abrahamson, functional nutritional therapist and wellness coach. Today and every Wednesday, I'm here to be your coach and your guide as I offer insightful ways for you to lead a positively anti-inflammatory life. Hello and welcome to episode 78. So I had a whole other plan for this week's episode, but decided to record and release this one instead, because I just went through an experience that I wanted to share with you. Today, I'm talking about waiting for results and how not to worry. I'm going to share my story of having a biopsy last week, because while I was waiting to hear the results, I was having a lot of thoughts and feelings, and I knew Once I got the results, I would want to share this experience with you in the hopes that you could connect with it and find some meaning and inspiration. So after I share my my story and the experience, then I will give you three ways for how not to worry. Okay, so often, whether it's health-related or not, we are waiting (laughs) to hear back from someone or we're waiting for results or, you know, what have you. And during this waiting period, our minds, our, you know, our thoughts can take us to places that might not be the most desirable (laughs) or pleasant. Our human brains have a negativity bias. It's a coping mechanism, and it's natural for us to focus on the negative, and look for the worry and concerns. But truly, does this help us? Does worrying and anxiety benefit benefit us in any way? No. So there's, there's, an, there's a quote by Ernest Hemingway that I'd like to share. He says, worry a little bit every day, and in a lifetime, you will lose a couple of years. If something is wrong, fix it if you can, but train yourself not to worry. Worry never fixes anything. So, you know, sometimes easier said than done, Hemingway. (laughs) But with mindfulness and self-awareness, when you do have the skills and ways to tap into the present moment, this can be very supportive and helpful for not going down a worry, a worrisome spiral. Okay, so here's what happened. In late January, I went in for a mammogram and when I had the I got a follow-up call from the gynecologist that they found an abnormality and it needed to then I needed to come back in a few months to have it checked out. So there was an abnormality in a lymph node in between. It was closer to my closer to my right armpit, but it was kind of like in between my right breast and my right armpit. I'm actually just like touching it right now. I'm just, I finally just took off the bandages um, this morning. Anyway, so when she called me and told me the news, you know, she seemed very calm on the phone and I'd never received information like that. So I, so I was like, okay. Um, I was worried and concerned, but she seemed calm. And I know that that's what they are supposed to do, you know. Um, and then we got off the phone and I went in to set up the follow-up appointment. And and then I was thinking, okay, well, if it was something 
bad, really major, something extreme that they were very concerned about, they would bring me back in like right away for more testing. So (laughs) when I told my mom, and I love her dearly, I love Hinda, my mom, very dearly. If you've been following along for the podcast, I had her on episode 1551, uh, Feng Shui and Your Health. So when I told my mom about this, she freaked out. And she got super worried and she was asking me all these questions. And one of them, listen to this, one of my mom's questions was, (laughs) she said, well, did you ask her if you were supposed to worry? I was like, mom, are you, you, (laughs) no, I did not ask her if I should be worried about this. So she was like, you need to call her back for more information. And I, and I was like, I was starting to um, you know, absorb my mom's anxiety and concern and worry. And I just thought I wasn't there. I had, I had, I was fine. But then her energy and her concern was like, really, you know, impacting me. And I know, I know you can relate to that, whether it's a parent or a friend or whatever. But anyway, so I was like, no, I don't need any from any, any more information. She told me what I needed to know. I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm not going to have this, you know, worry and anxiety and stress about it for the next four to five months before my follow up. There could literally be nothing wrong. It could be absolutely nothing. And there's no reason for me to assume that there is. Let's just move forward with life. So I would say maybe for like a week, I was like, oh, a little concerned. But I was like, there's no reason, Alyssa, there's no reason. So, <laughs> so time went by. And then my my, the day came that I was supposed to come to my follow-up. And so that was on June 8th. That was last uh, Tuesday. And I was it June 8th? Wait, when it was, anyway, last, I think it was last, oh yeah, it was June 7th. June 7th was, was the follow-up. And so the doctor, so as they were doing the sonogram, they the doctor said that the abnormality had not gone down in size, and therefore she wanted me to come in for a biopsy as soon as possible tomorrow. So then I was worried. <laughs> I was like laying there, and I said, "Okay, um, was it supposed? Is it was it supposed to go down? Like, is is that generally what happens that this abnormality goes down in size?" And she said, "Yes," and she said it just it stayed the same, so that is in the category of a biopsy. So I was trying to remain calm as she was talking me through what exactly the procedure would entail. And then she led me to the receptionist to squeeze me in as soon as possible tomorrow, the next morning on June 8th. And so I was just sitting in in the office with this woman, like looking, talking about whatever. And I just was like, my mind was just, whoa. And then I got the appointment for 9.30 in the morning. And then I walked out of the office onto the street in my neighborhood. And it's so awesome that I could walk to the radiology place. Anyway, and I just, my mind went there. I thought, if I have effing cancer, I'm going to cry right now. I thought, if I have cancer on top of rheumatoid arthritis. I can't believe it. I thought, okay, maybe I'm supposed to die young. Maybe I'm supposed to die young. 
This is it. This is my life. It's over. And tears like welled up in my eyes. And then I also thought if I have cancer on top of rheumatoid arthritis, it will be comically absurd. Like literally what is going on with my body and my life that this could actually be happening? What is wrong with me? And of course, these thoughts felt terrible. They felt terrible and I didn't like them and they did not serve me in any way. But as I was walking home, I allowed myself to think those thoughts for a few minutes and feel that worry and fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And, you know, I don't know if I was angry. It was more just like maybe a little bit. It was just like, are you effing kidding me? (laughs) And then I thought, okay, I don't want to dwell on these thoughts. They, they, they hurt. They don't feel nice. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're detrimental. They don't, they don't bring about anything that can, that is good. (laughs) So what can I think right now that can be loving and supportive? And so I thought, okay, I take care of myself in so many ways. I'm going to cry again. I thought, you know, I have learned how to love myself. I've learned how to be so nice to myself and compassionate towards myself. I know how to nourish myself in every area of my life. I've learned how to prioritize my health. And no matter what happens, I know that I will do, I will do what it takes to take the best care of myself and my body. And I know that I will be okay. So then the next morning I went in for the biopsy and while I was in the waiting room and during the procedure, which um, they, they, they told me it was about five to seven minutes. So it was, yeah, I mean the whole thing just say less than 10 minutes. And while I was in the waiting room and during the procedure, I did intentional breathing and and positive affirmations to myself and one the one that I was really focused on doing that I really have come to love and I often do this with my my one-on-one clients is you breathe in through your nose and you think I am here now so it's essentially four counts thinking I am here now. And then you breathe out through the mouth thinking I am peace now. I am. So it's in through the nose. I am here now. Out through the mouth. I am peace now. I am. So I was doing that and oh my God, it felt so healing. It was so helpful. And I also kept repeating to myself over and over, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And so those that that breathing, that intentional mindful breathing meditation and exercise and and the the repetition of I love you really helped keep me grounded and present in the moment. And it was just, it really, it just, it was so helpful. And then, then it was over. And they said that I would hear within three to five days. And then when I left the office, you know, those same unhelpful thoughts that I had thought the day before crept back in as they do. (laughs) And 
And so I just, I was just so aware of my brain and these thoughts and how it was just total BS. And I kept telling myself that thinking these thoughts and feeling any kind of worry just truly had no purpose. It did not serve me. It did not help me. So I went back to my breath and those loving thoughts. And I really just focused on opening my body and the energy of like my body and my heart and and feeling the belief that no matter what the result, that I I will be okay and I will I will know what to do for how to best move forward. So you know, I and I also was like, I probably am not going to hear until you know the the, the following week, which was true. <laughs> I had to wait, and I, you know, so I was just thinking, okay, what do I want to do while I'm waiting for the results? Like, what are some things that I can do to support myself? And I was like, I just really just want to feel free and have fun, so. I did that and I also went for some walks and I was really just so mindful of my thoughts and when they would go to something not nice and I would just, you know, navigate gently, like bring it back and say something loving to myself. And I just was thinking about my clients and how how I can help my clients and I was thinking about you and the podcast and and how I'm looking forward to when I get the results <laughs> that I can share this experience about, you know, when you're waiting for results and 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 like how to support yourself during this time. And I have to say, I am pretty proud of myself. I think I did a pretty good job. And so I got the results yesterday. It was a week later, which I guess you can assume that um, they were benign. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank God. I'm totally fine. And it's a relief. And I feel very grateful. And I also feel grateful for the experience because it really allowed me to watch myself in this in this new experience of waiting for the, these results and allowing me to 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 watch how and observe how I was responding to the situation and observe where my thoughts went and then how I could choose to change them and support myself through this whole process. And I'm also so grateful for the love and support from my family and the friends that I told. I wasn't like sharing this with everyone. And of course, there was so much love and support. So having that support system was incredibly helpful. And so I'm wondering, have you ever had the experience of waiting for results? (laughs) You know, again, whether it's health, you know, related or not, just waiting for something and then, you know, does worry take over? How did you handle the situation? So, you know, there are so many ways that we can show ourselves love and compassion and tap into being present in the moment and intentionally let go of worry and anxiety. And I'd like to share three. So here are three ways to stop worrying. 
One is mindful deep breathing and meditation. So when you worry, this, this anxiousness makes you breathe faster and sh- it's, it causes shallow breathing, which leads to further anxiety and stress. And when you, practice, when you practice mindful breathing, it calms your mind and quiets those negative thoughts. And meditation, which is, you know, deep breathing is a form of meditation, helps. It helps by switching your focus from worrying about the uncertainty of the future to being present and aware of what's happening right now. And when you're in fully engaged in the present moment, you can interrupt those worrisome thoughts. So what I shared earlier, I just want to remind you of that, that breathing in through the nose, I am here now. And then letting the breath out through the mouth, I am peace now, I am. And repeating that four to six times, whatever feels good to you if you're in a moment of worry. I also talked about another one of my favorite breathing exercises in episode 27, resist the rush with, with four, seven, eight breathing. And then also in terms of meditation, I've talked about meditation often and recommended the, there's, I'm sure, I know that you know this, but there are so many amazing free meditation apps out there. The one that I have recommended a few times in the podcast is Insight Timer. And in episode 72, I interviewed the amazing Selena Leal, who is one of my favorite guided meditations instructors, meditation instructors, and I highly recommend her. So that's on Insight Timer. And then a second way to stop worrying is exercise, get up and get moving, you know, with your body. So movement and exercise are just, you know, they're natural, effective ways to lower worry and anxiety because when you're exercising and moving your body, it releases endorphins, which releases tension and stress. And then that boosts energy and it enhances your sense of overall well-being. Plus, when you focus on how your body feels when you're moving, you know, this could be walking, doesn't have to be going to the gym. I've mentioned before, I ain't a gym gal, I go for walks. But you know, when you're focusing on your body and how that feels when you move, it can interrupt that constant flow of, of, of worrisome thoughts that might be running through your head. Let's say you, you can also go like on a mindful meditation walk or even, you know, go dancing. And when you, you know, you can pay attention to the sensation of your feet hitting the ground as you walk or your dance as, or as you dance or, you know, connect with the rhythm of your breathing when you're, when you're, when you, when you are moving in whatever way that you choose to move or exercise. And also let's say you're outside and you're going for a walk and, and it's just being fully present in that moment. And, you know, maybe feeling awareness of the sun on your skin or feeling, you know, the wind whipping through your hair. (laughs) And then a third way to stop worrying is journaling. And I specifically want to recommend for this Byron Katie's The Four Questions. So this is a writing technique I often use with my clients. And Byron Katie, if you're unfamiliar, She's amazing. She's an author and speaker, and she teaches a method of self-inquiry known as the work, which is this process of remaining alert to and questioning stressful thoughts. And a part of Byron Katie's The Work is the four questions. And these four questions, I think, are an excellent tool to use when you find yourself in anxiety and, and, you know, in a worrisome, like, thought loop, you know, 
And I think this could be incredibly helpful. So if you're interested, grab a pen and paper and write these down. So the four questions are, so whatever that thought would be, um, you'd you know write that at the top of the paper. And then number one, is it true? Is it true? Number two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? Number three, how do you react? Like what happens when you believe that thought? How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? Number four, who would you be without that thought? Who would you be without that thought? And then another, like what she, what she offers as a turnaround is could the opposite be true? And there could be several opposites or several turnarounds to that original thought that you did, that you answer those questions, um, those four questions on. So those are my three recommendations for today on how to help yourself get out of worrisome thoughts and focus on mindfulness and self-compassion and love. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you have a beautiful, safe, worry-free day and week. (laughs) And until next week, say something nice to yourself, slow down when you eat, and say yes to rest. Hey, if what you're hearing resonates with you, I created a free resource just for you, Anti-Inflammatory Living, The Essential Guide. To get your free copy, head over to guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com. That's guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com to receive your free anti-inflammatory living, The Essential Guide.